Hi there, let's talk sports fans. Thanks for tuning in to our sports roundtable at our daily show and a regular voice on this network. Dan joins me. Um, our first show, not just of the year, but um, on Roku as well. So thanks for joining me, Dan. Well, thank you. I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas. If you celebrated a Christmas holiday and a, and a good New Year, and I, I hope everybody does have a healthy New Year. I know I did. It increased my double chin. Look at this. I got a double chin. More, more double chins for Christmas time. That was my Christmas gift, a double chin. So I'm going to lose it sometime t this week, I hope. Anyway, let's talk sports, Dan. Yeah, I mean, um, Today we'll talk a little bit of everything, baseball, um, hockey. Um, if we get started, um, one topic of discussion, which we'll talk about later, is the CBA. But the first one is, and it, it's a bigger topic of discussion because there's no news out there, but Aaron Judge, um, do they extend him, which seems to be... Um, well, supposedly it's close, but supposedly let's go and make moves in free agency, so we will um, see. But there's some members of the fan base what says maybe you trade him to help you rebuild arm of opinion, and particularly in this market, he's just come off his one of his best years statistically and certainly his best year health-wise. If you trade him, because he is the franchise player you've got, in my opinion, um, you're committing to a full rebuild, and I'm not sure that's where the Yankees want to go, and I'm not sure the fans fully understand if you do that. You're basically signing up for probably a couple of years of non-playoff baseball, um, and to be honest with you, why trade him um to be honest with you he's one bright spot over the last few years uh, um how do you fall on this then i agree with you 100 percent um i i think aaron judge is <clears throat> um a, a yankee uh he's played well and wonderful last year as you said he wasn't injured uh he plays a really good right field got a great arm uh and and he's the potential where uh, I, I think from last year and how he played last year, hitting uh, home runs, RBIs, getting some clutch hits, um, I would be afraid of Stanton going down as the DH, uh, more of injury um, than, than, than uh, you, you have Judge. So I would definitely keep him. Uh, I would look, if I'm a Yankee, to uh, organize uh, some other players around him whether or not they sign one or two free agents like another center fielder, which they should, because who knows about Aaron Hicks and, and how he's coming back off of his injury. Uh, there's still a little bit of discussion on the shortstop side, whether or not uh, your seller should play there or they should sign a, a, a free agent. Um, and there's not money left yet. But uh, And then if you if you stay with what you have in the infield, where does LeMayo go if, if, uh, if you do sign a shortstop? Lucella plays third base. LeMayo plays second. What about Gilbert Torres? And and so you have these back and forth. And then you have some other plays like Voigt and, and Gallo. I mean, they're still on the roster. And 
um, eventually, I think they strike out quite a bit along with once in a while Stanton. So you're going to have to get a, a player or two in here that's going to complement uh, Judge and 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 keep him in the lineup at all times. And if Stanton is is well, your seller is playing well, you, you're going to have a, a, a tremendous uh, opportunity to, to score runs next year. Yeah, Andre, um, one thing I want from this side, if they do make additions, is less power hitting. And I know that seems to be where they want the team to be, but you need a certain amount of players, what are what I call the quarterback, what can just pace the innings, and you can't just depend. I think it's come back to bite them a little bit. Um it's interesting how they fix some of these issues because, as you said, if they do bring in a shortstop, which is a big question mark, then, as you say, you're sort of um, top-heavy in some of these positions. So be interesting how they make this work. I think where they view, um, for, for instance, is a DH, but um, is Stanton going to play in the outfield like he did towards the end of the season, it's not as much of an issue if you can afford it as that DHM, but um, I'm not sure how much they trust Stanton to stay healthy if he's in the outfield. I don't know. Personally, how I feel it is if you're paying him this much money, you've got to get him to do more than just DHM. That's just how I feel it. Well, that, that's, I, I agree with you, but it, it's not going to happen. Um, Stanton's going to be the DH. Uh, you, you still have Sanchez behind a plate, uh, or, or, you know, and, and his situations either defensively or offensively with the K's, potential for home runs. Somewhere along the line, uh, a, a player like uh, Voigt, uh, a player like uh, Sanchez, uh, and, and even Stanton really has to put the bat on the ball. And I don't know if it's all this lift and drive and everything that's the analytics driven, but but – there, there is a situation here where these players can add a tremendous opportunity for offense, but they really have to cut down on their strikeouts. And that for them, or the, these players I named, is going to be a little difficult. And whether or not you have a, 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 a hitting coach that, that really is, is analytic driven and or put the bat on the ball driven, uh, these guys have to make this adjustment this year. It was proven last year in their offensive way and getting on base and trying to get on base that they didn't do as much as they could have done. Tyler Wade, he he's in the infield a little bit. He plays uh, uh, different positions. He, I think he led the Yankees in stolen bases with 17 or 16, but, but he, he's not a, a, a play that you can uh, look to to stay. That's going to be in the lineup every day. So I think Stanton should play where, do what he does as the DH and limit his injury possibilities. Um, that's my feeling, Dan. Yeah, I agree. And Tyler Wade's interesting. He stepped up when some players weren't in the lineup. And he's different to some of these players where you're sort of clogged in certain positions. I think he will accept being in and out of the side because there is some flexibility with him. I think he maybe helped you maybe trade a couple of these guys if you do have a look, Jim. Um, we will see. Um, last time we talked, we talked about the appointment of uh, Buckshaw Water over at the Mets. Have you got any thoughts of 
how the Mets are coming together and expectations for the season. Well, I hope Buck Showalter will be the ultimate manager for the Mets. It, that's needed. And, and his style and his expertise and his experience in, in managing and working with different players and working with star players uh, and, and working with younger players, yes, it's going to be a tremendous advantage to the New York Mets as him see, overseeing uh, the complete roster of the New York Mets. However, and there's always a however, uh, as yet, they haven't named any of the coaches that are going to be part of Buck Showalter's team. Uh, last year, they fired Chili Davis. They they got this guy, Quattlebaum, in there, and he was the Mr. Analytics, and the team fell apart. They didn't do anything, uh, and, and, and they didn't lift their game up as far as putting the bat on the ball, um, uh, you know, raising averages, or driving in runs with uh, runners in scoring position. Uh, it was almost dead last, uh, the Mets, even with this new analytic guy that was in here for a half a year, and now he's out. So the Mets need to hire a, a definite, good, qualified, experienced hitting coach that, necess- uh, that, that really necessarily is not always on the analytic side, but understands each player and their style of hitting uh, to incorporate this into a better team. They added some great players. Um so they need a, a hitting coach. They need a first base coach. They need a third base coach. I, I, I don't know where, why they're not signing these guys. They can, during this strike here, they can sign people. They need a, probably another, maybe a, a, a help with the assistant hitting coach. Uh, so you need some of these guys that, that Showalter needs to have. But where are they and when are they going to be coming due uh, and I know you probably can't inter- interface with the place because of this dumb lockdown down, but that's the way it is. The Mets will need, uh, and you haven't heard from DeGrom yet. At least I haven't read anything or nobody said anything. Is he throwing? Uh, is he um, feeling any pain? Is he doing really well? Is he just loosening up? And and because pitches start to throw now anyway, um, and you got four or five weeks before the spring training get together. So where is DeGrom? Uh, is he hurting? The Mets need to sign another quality starting pitcher. They need to h- sign another quality uh, end of the uh, uh, rotation um, relief pitcher. Uh, Brad Hand is one, Corey Oswell, Hunter Strickland uh, f- as a relief pitcher, Carlos Rodon, maybe Zach Davis. They need somebody in there just in case a guy like De- DeGrom goes down again. They need an experienced player in here. So I think Showalter will do this. They will hire. I think uh, Cullen will be aggressive enough to and spend a little bit and go over the cap a little bit, which they're going to probably do no matter what, to sign one or two players. They need to get that done and find out where DeGrom is. And the Mets, um, they, they'll be ready for spring training if and when. And that brings us up to um, the CBA. So, Dan, uh, I have a talk on that, but give me your thoughts and what you're thinking about this. Um, first of all, with the Mets, I agree with you about the coach and team. They need to get together, but I do wonder if, because they took that little while and they took their time, maybe um, there's assistant coaches hesitant to make the move because they've committed. I don't know, but it's a question mark until they get that team together. And in regard to Grom, 
DeGrom, I got told by a reporter that um, what he's been told is that he could have, uh, his season could be affected even more than last year. So that would not be good for the Mets, but it doesn't surprise me. Normally when there's silence like this, that is the case. But what you will see is that's the problem with having two very good pitchers in your bullpen, but both have had their health issues. So um, we will see in regard to the CBA, um, I think it's ridiculous the amount of time they're taking to get to the table and I've always said I think this is going to be an issue I don't necessarily think the season will be affected but I think spring training will be I think these negotiations are going to drag on there's a lot of toxicity around the two sides and um, from the players union point of view they view that they got a raw deal last time and from the owner's point of view they sort of want to turn the screws even more this time. So the problem is if it's where some people say, well, it's only spring training being affected. There's a reason why you have spring training and it will affect the season because players are going to get hurt if it does affect spring training. So to that degree, it will affect the season. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, we're going to talk about hockey in a minute or two. But let me use a hockey term for baseball, and that's on both sides. It's a power play for both sides. See, the power wants to be the in the management side, the MLB, and the union side between um, Tony Clark, the head of the union, and the commissioner, Robbie, whatever is uh, Manfred. That's his last name. I'm sorry. Uh, they want to um, put a power play together at and, and this is costing the game the value of what fans want to see. There's no TV on uh, MLB right now as far as uh, the give and take of uh, the hot stove leagues and everything else. There's no talk about reciting some free agents. There's no talk about four weeks from now the spring training is going to be. Uh, play, people, fans, go down to Florida or Arizona. They, they put their plans together, whether or not it's uh, COVID or not, they're going to go. And, and But they can't do that now because they don't know if spring training and when it's going to start. This is a black eye to baseball, and Rob Manfred and Tony Clark are the people that are causing this. End of conversation on that. And these guys should be really held to high uh, to, to uh, the, the high end to, to say the fans should be on their case right away. These guys are, are putting in a power play that's hurting baseball dramatically over the course of many years. And Re Manfred, the last couple of years, got rid of 40 minor league teams. It hurt the minor leagues. But it's all because of greed, money, power, and ego. And when baseball gets together, when is that going to happen? These guys should be taking a long look out. They had a whole freaking year to, to put negotiations together on the, the four or five main steps that they want to do, whether it be salary arbitration to free agency, whether it be the, the, the payroll for the entire year, increasing that it, to look at player salary. Did you know that a Major League Baseball player spends 43 days in, in Major Leagues hit and, and he gets some type of annual pension? He plays one day in Major League Baseball. He gets some type of lifetime health care coverage. It might not be a lot, but it's lifetime. And 
if a player spends 10 years in the major leagues, they get about a, close to $100,000 in annual pension. Now, it, if this case is where baseball plays, they talk about salary and stuff. If a guy starts out, he's making a half a million dollars a year, and then he, he, he maybe the team doesn't like how he's playing, he doesn't meet up to the standards, he goes, finds another job in, in the real world. So, but at least look at what is going on now as far as salary arbitration is concerned and how the guys are, are, are paid and what the end result is if a guy's been in the league for a couple of years, what they get. Uh, down the road in their lifetime. So it's these guys, Clark and Manfred, they need to be looked at really cool. And uh, something should be done about this now. That's all yeah. I had to say about it. I'm sorry about it, but I'm... I'm no, I agree. Um, and what I've been told all year, I've been told that they wanted to work stoppage. They told their members to prepare for work stoppage. Could mm -hmm. They want to turn the screws. And um, I said to you last time, I think this is going to turn nice in public opinions, going not go with either side because you've got, say, you, Bob who works down the road as a janitor losing his job because of the current um, COVID situation. And you've got millionaires and billionaires arguing over even more money so this is not the time to have this sort of um hostility over money because public opinion is not going to be with either side so it, it's in the interest of both sides to get this done fast or it could have an adverse effect to baseball support when they come back yeah and, and i i just think it's i i can't tell you how Working in the minor leagues as an usher for many years, you, you see the young kids come into the game and, and uh, they're bat boy or bat girl and they, they have catch with their family on the fields and stuff like that. They meet some of the players. It's it's a step up. And and now you have players that are or the league is, is not having this back and forth, even when it's off season to get people interested in the game. You have a lot of that happening now, and it's just a shame. And I see Ken Rosenthal, um, I guess he said something about Manfred or something into that res um, resulting in him uh, leaving um, uh, the MLB uh, station. And um, they, they let him go, whether his contract was up and they didn't rehire him or something. Something came up there that, that because he might have said something in reference to a negative uh, response to Manfred, um, he's not going to be on the MLB station where he has been for a number of years. And I don't know. Uh, people look this up. Uh, something's up there. So yeah. it is what it is. Audrey, um, and before we move to talk about ice hockey to change, uh, to close the show, uh, David Gardet from New York says, good morning. Good morning, David, and how is you, baby? How you doing? Yep. Um, David, we thank you for your support. You're a regular viewer. Um, so, ice hockey, um, the Islanders haven't um, had the season. Maybe many thought they would and what they were expecting. What's your thoughts on this, Dan? Luckily, they've had maybe a little revival coming back. And I said on my show with Jim last week, that for sides like the Islanders, maybe the restart can be almost like 
a start of a new season for them and it'll be interesting to see if they can build on some of these positive results because I think everyone can agree they're better than what they've been showing for the season so far. Well, yeah, I, I think the Islanders right now are the strongest team in their division. They're in last place. They're holding everybody else up, and and it's tough. Um, if you look at the Islanders, their goals against are probably the fourth or fifth best in the NHL. There's four teams that are better than them in giving up goal, uh, less goals, and the Islanders are right there on defense. On the other side of the fence, they're the second-worst team in scoring by one goal in the NHL. There's a big difference. There's, I think there's a 20-goal difference in goals for and goals against. Uh, their defense have been great. The goaltending has been remarkably well. They're playing decent defense. They still have a habit of giving up goals in the last three minutes of a period, whether it's to tie a game, whether it's to win a game. It's happened a couple of times uh, a, a number of times this year. I don't know how they organize that or the defensive coach on, on a team is putting out right players at the, at the last couple of minutes of a game. But you look and see they've given up goals like that that has cost them points. Um, I think COVID has hurt them. Uh, some of their major players were put down, Anders Lee and uh, Martin. Uh, the, starting the, the 13 games on the road has hurt. And now they have a 13-day, they're in the midst of a 13-day layoff because they're not going out to see the Kraken out in Seattle. They weren't going out to, to Vancouver or Calgary uh, at that time. So they call the games off because Canada doesn't want, um, and we'll talk about that in a minute, they can't get the fans in the stands. They reduce the fans in the stands, so they don't want to have just a, a, a small portion of fans in the stands, so they cancel the games. Uh, I don't know. The Islanders were canceled out. Uh, or, or some games are canceled at the beginning of the year. I don't know the whole scheduling, but there's 13 days here. You can't play one game that was postponed, and and now you can't play during this lag. So it's going to hurt them quite a bit. Uh, they have a problem in scoring between Brazil and Zach Parisi hasn't done anything to help the Islanders. And uh, Brazil is supposed to be this great guy. He skates well, but he's got like six goals. Where is the scoring? And that happened last year a little bit, too, uh, to the Islanders, where they played wonderful defense and not uh, put the puck in the net quite a bit. Barry Trotz um, has missed a coaching assignment, uh, I think, the last game. So far, there, there's no comment on if he's going to miss any games, whether or not it's not COVID, they said, but something's up with him. It's a personal issue. And uh, does that affect how the, the team plays with the possibility of a assistant coach taking over, following the same uh, path that the Islanders take and how they play the game? But they're wonderful on defense, but they can't put the puck in the net. The Islanders defensemen don't score as much, and their power play is lacking. So uh, I don't want to say the you know the the side that that's probably negative on there, but you look at the goal scoring and that is really hurting the Islanders quite a bit. The players that are supposed to score have not put the puck in the net, missing so many opportunities. Yeah, um, I agree. And I think this uh, break hurts them because um, they've looked good in coming back. And um, I guess one thing you can say is Barry Trotz have got an issue. Maybe that break might give it a bit of time for that to be rectified. That's only positive. 
that I can think about. And I think me and Jim both said about this on the show, they may have to go down the baseball route of filling in games if sides happen to be in a certain area at a certain time, play them in neutral stadiums to get some of these games done. I, I don't see that, that as a problem. It might actually... Um, it's a different aspect which makes the season more interesting from my point of view. Um, to close the show out aside, what has been doing well is the Rangers. Um, they're... Um, the new management team's doing about as well as you can expect. And uh, the team's one of the must-watch teams in the league. So all credit to them how they've started the season. And I'm intrigued to see if they can carry on for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think the Rangers are doing good. I just want to say for a minute the passing of Rod Gilbert. Uh, I'm so old that I saw Roger Bear come up in the first playoff season the Rangers had. He was 20 years old. I got to know him a little bit. We used to attend Ranger practices. He was always there at, at, at camps during the summer. He was a wonderful human being, and I, I, I really am sad of his passing. He was a, a credit to the game of hockey himself and the New York Rangers. But the Rangers of this year, Gerard Gallant, he played, I see him play a lot. He was a tough, hard-nosed player. I mean, he went into the corners, he fought, he had to, to be tough, and he's brought that coaching skill to the Rangers this year. Uh, defensively, they're doing decent. The goaltending for the Rangers is, is really good. Uh, you just hope one of these goalies don't get injured because you want to keep them in play. Uh, Adam Fox has been wonderful uh, on defense. He, you know, he won the, the rook, Rookie of the Year thing last year. Uh, Ryan Strom is doing good. Uh, they're playing strong defense. They're, they're decent on the power play. Pride has been really, really putting the puck in the net. And Zabudjajad, I can't even say his last name, but you know who he is. He begins with a Z. He's putting the puck in the net. He's, he's had some great games this year. So the Rangers are taking – the style of, of their coach, every game that they need to play this year. They didn't have that last year. They, they weren't as aggressive, and they were not dominant in, in being ag aggressive in, in hitting players behind the net and, and standing up for their players, as they're doing this year. So the Rangers have been a remarkable team this year, and good for the New York um, the Madison Square Garden and Coach Gallant. Yeah, um, I agree. And... Um, that's the perfect place to end the episode I've learned to say um, I thank everyone for tuning in um, for any new viewers who are watching us for the first time on Roku please um, check out what we're doing we've got a link to our page down below um, I appreciate any support you have for this talk sports yep. We've got some exciting stuff, not just shows. I know Dan's going to write a blog for me with his thoughts weekly, so I'm excited for that. And I thank you for joining me, Dan. Thank you, Dan. And, and to you, Dan, have a wonderful and decent 2022. What you've done and getting everybody involved with so many different sports, and I'm not blowing smoke up your nose. People know this. So I'm, I'm very proud to be on this program and, and talk sports with you and know your knowledge of every sport that has been played over uh, between baseball, hockey, football, cr cricket, soccer. 
um, and or football in, in England. So thank you, Dan, and uh, best of you to the coming year and to everybody else. Okay, thanks for that, Dan. And uh, saying to all our viewers, we'll be back next week. Thanks for watching, and until next time, let's talk sport, fans.